Hey guys, here's a little memo before the episode starts. We were using a conference call to record this, and it did drop once or twice. So just uh, bear with us, and we're going to get better for next week. Otherwise, welcome to the first episode of Queen Cave with the Resident Chief, brought to you by Origin Papers. Please enjoy. Hi! Completely dressed as. 
um, how you thought this was an ad for like consumerism, right? Like to, for buying things for back to school. But and the reality of it is, you know, at Walmart, which is a large chain corporation in the U.S., um, you can buy bulletproof backpacks. That's a thing oh now. Oh yeah, because somebody's definitely gonna make money off this shit every single time. If you're trying to die, let me help yeah. you out. Sell you a bulletproof back. Can you yeah. like? Can you say that again? Bulletproof backpack. Say that three times really fast. If you don't feel sick, what the fuck? But it's, it's a real concern for people, like, and yeah, people are manipulating it to make money, and it's insane to me how instead of changing our laws, we are making kids now wear bulletproof shit to school. I kind of want to say that's just to an attitude. Say that again, Tinti? Okay, well, I guess the whole thing I'm getting at is that, you know the way you buy a bulletproof backpack? stop school shootings mm-hmm. it's kind of what they want to do with climate change they want to let me innovate around it versus stopping what i'm doing you know what yeah, i mean it's, a it's it's a ridiculous yeah. attitude and it's it's crazy the way people say no no we can innovate away from climate change without having to change our lives directly it's it's bulletproof backpacks everywhere mm-hmm. yeah and what i think one a big outrage in the country right now is that we're noticing that, like, the jewel ban, right? So we're banning, we're starting to ban these products, which... about this idea of protecting ourselves from the things where, like, instead of ca- changing the founding law that's causing our reality, yeah. which yeah. is very difficult, especially for America, given that the highest income, like, gross income revenue comes from militia, like, artillery and all that. So those guns, like, literally run the economy, and that's why they refuse change the law because it would totally restructure the economy if they do you're right you're so right but it's, it's like it's, it's capable like it's possible right um the country knows that something like this is possible because like what's going on with jewels we've had like 10 deaths correlated to jewelry and they're putting laws on jewel restrictions now because quote-unquote kids are dying like six and you know that speaks to another thing. Oh, sorry, sorry. Do that for guns. When you look at when you look at the numbers of cigarette sales and how much they've dropped since mm-hmm. um, any kind of vaping machine was. I have two things. One, I'm going to pay Justin Trudeau, but then also our event mm-hmm. in two weeks with uh, my buddy oh, wow. Adam. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. Uh, on a scale of one to ten. Both of you just take your time to answer whatever you want. I don't know who's going to go first. You guys can be like, fuck it. Let me send it to TT again. Wait, let me send it. Yeah, TT. Whoever wants to go first. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised are you when you hear about another white politician pulling white, like pulling blackface? I'm not surprised at all. I'm like at a minus 1. I'm at I want to say I was at like a two, three, just because I am an American who has um, 
viewed Justin Trudeau from an American lens for a very long time, and the American lens is that he is what white men are supposed to be, this wonderful fairy tale of a person who preaches equality. It's only recently that I've learned that it took time and a lot of mistakes and lessons for him to get where he is right now and that he still has work to do. Yeah. So I was I was at like a two or three. Like there was a little bit of shock there because I'm still transitioning from that Justin Trudeau is perfect lens to the hold up, there's still issues here lens. Um, like I'm personally so used to this because how about this? We, we three of us had the privilege of growing up in Zimbabwe, a foreign country, and without a doubt, mm-hmm. we knew that racism was very real. You know, like there was that one sewage captain at our school that said, um, "New Salisbury." You know what I mean? Remember that weird, um, like right by the big tree, oh. you know, that one septic tank. So we know that racism has mm-hmm. real impacts, and we know that people have been racist. So when I think about all these guys who grew up in predominantly white countries with no black people, this is kind of where racism would be normal. And so for him to have done something like that, it's like, yeah, th- at the time, that's exactly what was normal, and no one was ever going to push back against it. You know what I mean? So- uh, I love that because in the in his apology video, he says like, I didn't know it was racist at the time, and that's the issue, isn't it? Is that yeah, back then, no one was calling anyone out on this shit. Yeah. Like I'm sure walking around in his black face thinking it's totally okay. Like, I'm sure he had no malicious intent, but isn't that fucked up? Yeah. Normal it was? That's exactly, like, that's the show. Okay. Oh, my God. Thank you for bringing that up. Right. Mm-hmm. Look at racism. One of the biggest issues we have in this present day is the intention. Was it intentional or not? Now, mm-hmm. everyone runs the banner of it wasn't unintentional but what is the result of that act whether it was intentional or not has an mm-hmm. impact and I think that's also one of the challenges we face because actually you know what's funny to me is there was a guy who did this back in the 1960s he literally wrote a book called Black Like Me and he did what Trudeau did. He actually painted his whole body with, like, some brown makeup. And he was, like, black man for a month. And he lived his life as a black man to see what it was like for him to write about the white perspective. And then a few years later, another gentleman did a book called White Like Me and put his body in, like, a lighter, fair makeup color. So, uh, so this has a history. So whether Trudeau is trying to say, oh, I didn't know, really speaks to the fact that he's Quebecois at the end of the day because there yeah. is quite a background he's coming from. Yeah. So yeah. this actually speaks to who he, like, the kind of culture he was birthed in yeah. would have yeah. made him think it's normal, but, like, that's the mentality throughout that whole area is, like, everyone non-Quebecois is an other and an outsider. So that was 2001 that video was taken. It wasn't something, like, very long ago. Like, we were Mm -hmm. in the 2000s. He was Mm -hmm. almost an adult. Like, you know, there's just so many things there that he gets off easily Mm -hmm. saying that wasn't his intention. So does that change? Yeah. Let me just um, mm-hmm. racism was normal at a time, and only.
fucked up thing that no one ever really mm-hmm. wants to address. Because, mm-hmm. like, if everyone, like, if everyone just said, yeah, we were racist to a degree, and, like, even, like, it's hard to mm-hmm. acknowledge, like, without the intent, some people are racist without the intent to the degree where they believe that what they're doing is normal. Not what they, not that right, because you don't That's judge, like, you drinking water as real. You know what I mean? Like, people don't judge yeah, water as I, an amoral I, action. Water's drinking water. To them, they are just yeah. talking. To them, he's just going to a party. It's amoral to them. But on the outside, they don't and know. I think, yeah, you're 100% right. And people tend to forget that when we have issues like this. Here's the thing. is yeah. Everybody's so angry. Like, he did this horrible thing. And every time somebody does this or something like this, we're so quick to be like, oh, this person did this horrible thing. And it always comes back to this conversation of intent. And I didn't know any better. But we need to shift our focus, right? We need to start talking about how the issue is that you did not know. Yes. Not even that you didn't. You have to talk about the birth of the action. Where did this action come from? The fact that it was normal at the time. The fact that you did not know. And I feel like if we came at these problems, like, look at where we were in 2001. He had no idea that this was an issue, and we need to talk about that. And that would would definitely get rid of the whole, because we, we make it, we make it, how do I say this, how do I say this, we give people the opportunity to say, well, that wasn't my intention, by coming at it and by, you know shouldn't have done that, we need to come at it like, why were you able to do this? Okay, actually, I'm really glad you asked mm-hmm. that question, because here, I'm going to mm-hmm. come at this from a political standpoint, Canada mm-hmm. has some pretty real, real laws, code of con- conduct when it mm-hmm. comes to addressing racism. And because he's a man of, like, literally from Ottawa in the... Um, Political elite. In the House, yeah. like, Parliament mm-hmm. House, it mm-hmm. reads here, every person in Ontario has the right to be free from racial discrimination and harassment and the mm-hmm. social areas of employment, services, goods, Facilities, housing, accommodation, contracts, membership, trade, and vocational association. Now, this next paragraph is imperative because it speaks to what we're saying. There is no fixed definition of racial discrimination. However, it has been described as any distinction, conduct, or action, whether intentional or not, but based on a person's race, which has the effect of imposing burdens on an individual or group, not imposed upon others or which withholds or limits access to benefits available to other members of society. Race needs not be a factor for racial discrimination to have occurred. Bang. That is not true. Right there. Intent or not. Thank you. And we have to, like, Mm -hmm. that's the hardest conversation. So, even as a politician, still put a standpoint by saying it wasn't intentional, he was still devoid, like he is void of racial discrimination regardless of whether it was intentional or not. And And I wish he spoke on that. I wish he spoke more on the fact that it wasn't intentional, but that doesn't make what I did okay. You know, like he had that opportunity there, and I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that he took the easy door out of, well, I didn't mean it. That's the thing, but honestly, for, for, I can imagine, let's say, quote-unquote, if I was just, like, typical big old white dude from 
wherever the wherever the hell I'm, where in the world I'm from, whatever it is. Um, for me to cop to this would mean to say that I have been racist for so many years and had no idea. It's like it's such a tough thing to admit, which is why I can only imagine in America with such a history that's so ingrained in racism. Even Canada, like mm-hmm. Indigenous, Indigenous people, like Trudeau specifically, like even Quebec has even got a whole separatist thing where they have their own identity on top of their Canadian identity. Like, for mm-hmm. them to admit that maybe a lot of our things in the past, up until very recently, uncomfortably recently, have been fucking racist. Uh, but we want to do better. The intention is what you're going to do with it afterwards. Admit your faults. What you do next? We've been mm-hmm. racist. But Trudeau, when, once again, like, he's got a cabinet that's 50% women, four people are Sikh, four Sikh religious members. I don't think he's a racist. He might have done racist shit. No, I can forgive definitely people. not. Yeah. yeah, but... But it's, it's how we have the conversation. That's what's important. It's just, it's so you know? And that, people are so afraid right now of sounding racist. Or, you know, like, I'm, I'm a teacher, and I remember in my, in my onboarding, in my training, when I first became a public school teacher, uh, we talked about teaching in the era of white guilt. And we talked about how a lot of our content focuses on the history of slavery and how that tends to make um, low-income white students very nervous and uncomfortable in a classroom because people are so, especially children, you know, who are repeating what they hear at home. They're so quick to turn around and say, fuck white people, and that's some white people shit. And you you make those kids terrified to even have the conversation. And it's so strange to me that in a training, we would speak on something like that versus just changing the content of what we're teaching. Like, we focus so much on slavery and the oppression of black people. We don't teach anything on the accomplishments of black people. And so we are teaching this bitterness and hatred. Yeah. It's really strange how they re traumatize people through institutions. And the institutions. Yeah, and you're saying, I do, you know, there's something. Yo, yo. But we're further causing a divide. You know? Yes. And it's, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that I just saw. I'm on Ontario Human Rights Commission. There's mm-hmm. something, a link here called Call It Out, the movement for racial, racism, racial discrimination, and human rights. There's an e-course which offers a foundation for learning about race, racial discrimination, and human rights protection. So this is under the Ontario Human Rights Code of Conduct, and you can be educated on what race and racism mean and racial discrimination. The man who is like the leader of all of this has failed to what looks like also watch this video. Mm. Some hot tea for this time of the cold. Hmm. Hot tea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This, for me, it's like, while we could have like all these massaging thoughts, like, oh, maybe they felt like this, like this. It doesn't matter. We're in an age now, 2019, where we have the most access to information that we've ever had. Like, look, I typed in Google so fast. I found answers. I found ways, protections under the law. Human Rights Code of Conduct is a bloody guideline that has never been actually exercised. Because when we look at how that code is written, 
we could actually have world peace if those human rights were actually exercised properly. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I struggle to like have any excuse for any politician on any day because we literally wrote a book in Venice which was supposed to help us through all of this shit and mm. no one is getting help. Okay. Here's a real <laughs> hot take on that. But now it's up to let's talk about us cuz right now like what I'm really passionate about is the idea of uh, the whole climate strike right now. This week, uh, September 20th until September 27th, there's a climate strike. And I don't recall doing too many strikes when I was going to school as an elementary kid. I love these children. I love these fucking children. It's intense. I'm it's like, amazing. I feel guilty for not getting out of university. Yeah. Now. I'm about to walk out of a couple of uni classes this week, and I'm such an idiot for doing it, but I feel like I should. These kids are crazy. No, you really should. Like, these kids, what I see the technology has done, they don't like what they were born into, just like us. But they actually feel more, like, capable of having a voice because of Internet. And this opens up a whole new chapter of how technology is helping the children in this way. But they're mobilizing in ways we were never able to. Even if we wanted to stand up, we would have had to run to the corner, say, meet me on the left, on the right, there. Like, no. You couldn't geotag yourself on Snapchat and have your friends meet you next to the Starbucks while you're standing outside there recording the live event as the police are beating somebody up. You couldn't do that. And that was only like, we were only like five years apart from these kids. You know what I mean? Like, these fuckers were born in the year 2000. I was born in the year 1994. And they're changing the world. You know what I mean? These people born after the year 2000 are a little bit different. Just a little bit. And I like it. Fucked up thing. It's so nice to see because I feel like there is such a divide, like the way that kids are being born into the world and the things that they're seeing is having two parallel effects. One being you get the, the Greta, the, I don't know how to say her name, Thunberg or Thunberg, yeah. like the Gretas of the world, right? Where they are fighting, they are seeing that things are inflamed and they are terrified and they're acting immediately. On the other hand, um, you also have a parallel line of children who are born into this world and so hopeless and terrified and angry, feeling like they have no power. And it's interesting to me because there's a very clear reason for the direction that a kid goes, and a lot of it is income. Yeah, I was about you know, to say Areas are the ones who are feeling like they can't do shit and it's the kids with a little bit more under their belt who are feeling like they can actually do something and that they have a voice oh. and as much as I'm so happy with what's happening I think it just further highlights that everything in this world is so intentionally set up to keep a certain population. Boom. That's, I'm so glad you said that right there because Boom. the whole idea yeah. is that if you lose faith in our ability to fight climate change, what do you do? In my head, you become rational. You start, let me build up my resources so I can protect myself from all this climate change. You become a more serious capitalist the more faith you lose in the environmental movement. That's a real mm -hmm. intense fucking death, like dynamic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What the kids at my school, because I teach in like an inner city Title One school, like it's a rough area. And if they did what these kids are doing, 
I'll tell you what, a lot of them would have some serious consequences if they just walked out. Yes, them very serious consequences. Like, they would not be patted on the back as leaders of change. Yeah, can you imagine? Like, let's, let's, let's shout out random Daquan goes to the UN as a... You know what I mean? Would they allow, like, no. a, a Jerome, a no. fucking... You're making jokes, but these are really names of students that I teach. I know, <laughs> like, this is the, that's not real shit. I can't, like, damn. Yes. <laughs> what the yep. fuck? What the fuck? Absolutely. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, would you guys have protested when you were back in elementary and stuff? Like, back in Zim. Like, I think we had, um, we, the last thing we did was, like, Coney. I think that was the last, the most motivated our generation was. The fuck of was. I didn't. Coney 2012. You <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't know what a protest was. I didn't know. The most we did was we sang songs about loving the earth, and it was great. <laughs> but you also have to remember, like, I feel that sometimes climate change is a first world problem. And I don't mean that literally, I mean in the way that we present it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can break it down. You see what I'm saying? in other places like we have other things to worry about in other places I can give you a hot take right like now if you guys want tell me alright mm-hmm. real shit um my honest like mm-hmm. one of my shittiest opinions is that we shouldn't like either the first world should either pay most of these developing nations like I want to have a huge transfer of wealth from the first world nations like these uh, no not global north fuck this yeah global north to global south because the idea mm-hmm. is we are not the ones pumping out all this fucking CO2 for the past 80, 60, whatever, however, no. however long you want to do it. It's not our fault. Factories, yeah. We want to <laughs> just join this race. So, mm-hmm. so the idea is either okay, we all get shit together to or this. not. You know? I gotta read. I just pulled up my Facebook on my laptop, and the very first thing on my news feed is a shared photo of this wonderful, amazing, beautiful child, Greta, and a quote that says, some say I should be in school. Why should any young person be made to study for a future when no one is doing enough to save that future? What is the point of when the most important facts given by the finest scientists are ignored ignored by our politicians? My word, that's a child who said that. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years old. Yeah, so I'm with her all the way. I'm not having kids. No, nope, I'm not. Fuck um, that. It's kind of fucked yeah, up. Not. I don't even want to be old anymore. You know what I mean? Because it's going to be fucking hot and disgusting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We won't even get to see it, mate. At this point... This girl, guys, this girl... Sorry, I didn't finish my point. Fifteen-year-old Swedish student. She's Swedish. Scandalous. Tell me, do you think... Do you think that a child from Somalia or Pakistan could have said that. They tried. Even concerns. They tried. Yeah. Their silence really Yeah. They've had representatives yeah. from Fiji, islands like Fiji. They've had representatives from like Syria trying to make this whole case. It's weird that it took mm-hmm. I'm not, not not to knock Greta, but I'm saying like maybe it says something towards marketing. You know, you have to pick the right brand. And uh, I don't want to be a little shitty yeah. about it, but like it's easier for these for certain people to relate to Greta than not. And maybe those are the people yeah. that we need to get I'm, listening. I'm, it's shitty. I'm, 
not trying to knock her at all. I'm fucking grateful for what she's done, but then it highlights question like again this is it's a first world fucking problem it's a first world fucking mm-hmm. i love what you're saying about how like we need to do something for the third world countries that are set like india for example do you know how much is dumped over there that comes from the united states oh, and the uk they have a whole slum where millions mm-hmm. like millions of people live yeah. off of just dumped stuff yeah that's it. That is a whole economy based upon trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? Ruining those countries. Literally ruining those countries. Yeah. Long story short, I'm but, striking. Uh, I'm on strike, guys. Until the 27th. Let's strike, Tom. Shit, real shit. I'm not <laughs> um, so I'm gonna need to say I, you know, need to wrap this up here. But uh, it was a great talk, though. Thank you, guys. Yeah, always yeah. a pleasure with you. <laughs> yeah, you guys are amazing. Um, send me any links that you want to share. I'm going to have a little link list for this conversation. I was keeping up with everything we were Googling, just in case our viewers want to look at the actual information that we have. Um, I love it. Stay educated. Right? Do you guys have any resources you want to shout out to people? Like, let's tell them, like, our favorite podcast this week, our favorite piece of information, just to let, like, in case anyone wants to see what we see. Give them a little shout to some cool, maybe a, your favorite movie this week. I don't know. But anyone got any takers? Favorite movie? Um, week. Wow. Mm. I have a favorite show this week. Yeah, hit it. Yeah? Uh, it's called Top Boy. It's, it's a sh- like UK based mm-hmm. show about basically lower income drug dealers in their lives and there's like a connection between Jamaica and London and that drug tree. Mm. Okay, I could watch that. I've been looking into your shit to watch. Yeah. Yeah. For me it's been shout out to Shameless, that new season. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You wanna talk about understanding the lower income struggle of America, y'all need to watch fucking Shameless. You know, a lot of important issues brought up in that show. I, I really love what that show does for the conversation on how to fucking fix America. Okay. I love it. Um, I how about you? No? I watched... Uh, yeah, well, but... I haven't watched stuff. I've listened to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one was... Uh, it was a bit of an intense one, but it was, it was basically called the Philosophize This Podcast, and it was about idea of a hegemony and the western hegemonies and I, I enjoyed the fuck out of that because it kind of let me know where we're at right now you know what I mean what we're mm-hmm. living soon that we're still in and like something more casually mm-hmm. Joe Budden podcast this episode actually had me laughing in tears and whatever the fuck they're doing there or whatever they're spinning in that room is pure shit For more episodes, please go to originpapers.com or follow us on Instagram at origin.papers. 
Hey guys, just want to say thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of the Origin Papers podcast, Queen Cave with Resident Chief. I'd like to apologize for the audio. We're getting that all sorted out for next week. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. This has been brought to you by Origin Papers News Media Collective.